Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Where is the line? Where I don't want more. Where, where is that line? Is it cemented here? No, the line of more always moves. If I have a million, I want two. You'll never be satisfied with more. But that's our pursuit. If I could just get this and this house and this thing and whatever... I'm home free. No, there's no peace of mind. It will not satisfy you. At some point in our lives, we've all given into the trap of thinking that just a little bit more money will solve our problems. As most of us have experienced, once we get that little extra, the previous line tends to shift yet again, and we're right where we started. In today's Lessons for Living message, Pastor Mark discusses a common issue that many of us have been confronted with, desiring more than what we have. No matter how much we might have, Pastor Mark warns us that the pursuit of wealth typically leaves us feeling less satisfied than before. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, verse 10, with his continuing study entitled, How Not to Enjoy the Blessings of God. We think new is better, bigger, whatever. So the scripture says, careful, careful. You can't desire to be rich. It isn't going to work for you. Uh, God is going to provide for you. Remember the, our Father who art in heaven, give us today our daily bread. It just simply means give me what I need spiritually, physically, and emotionally. By asking God... God, my goal isn't to be rich. Now, when we were young, we kind of were all like that. And we watched it. I want to be rich and the famous, all that kind of stuff, you know. We, we see all that. But as we get older, I hope you're paying attention. As we get older and we look to Hollywood, Robin Williams had everything that we're talking about this morning, except one thing, hope. Careful. It's not just Robin. Tons. Look, that lifestyle is totally empty. But see, we're, we're taken in by, wow. No. Here's the next thing you want to write. This is what Jesus is saying to us this morning. Wealth and possessions cannot bring satisfaction. They're not designed to bring satisfaction. In fact, if you want to write by, just write the word more. That's what happens to all of us. Remember what the, the richest man in the Bible, the wisest man in the Bible was King Solomon. Watch what he says. Those who love money, say it with me, every campus will never 
have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings to happiness. The more you have, now this is written to people who have moved here from the north, and in January, this verse is for you. (laughs) The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it during January, February, and March. How many know that's true? You moved to Florida and people say, oh, you moved to Florida? You have an extra room, right? I'll be there in January. How long are you staying? A couple nights? Oh, no, three months. <laughs> so what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it <laughs> slip through your fingers? Money never brings peace of mind. We have this crazy belief that once we get enough money and possessions, will be satisfied and content. It's wrong. How many of you remember, at our campuses, those of you watching online, how many remember when you made $2 an hour? Let me see your hand. Okay. You younger people are going, what the heck are those people? $2, what, they work in India? What's that? No, we used to live on that. Come on. Amen? Two bucks an hour. I remember that. I was in college. I had to do my internship. I was working in a pharmacy making two bucks an hour. Praise God. Then I got married, and I was making, I think, three or three fifty. And we rented a little apartment. Linda and I got married, and we rented this little apartment. It was a little bigger than 177, but not much. And it was upstairs apartment, and everything was included, a little room, a little kitchenette, and a bedroom, and a bathroom. That's it. And it was 95 bucks a month, everything. Now, don't go, wow, I was making three bucks an hour. <laughs> Come on. But when we made that $3 an hour, what kind of went through our mind? You run into somebody and they're going, hey, I have a new job, I'm making seven. Seven? <laughs> Honey, if we could have seven, oh, hallelujah, it'd take everything, we'd be no problems. Then I moved to Florida. And in 1969, this coming Monday, 1969, and I got a raise to six bucks. Man. Six bucks. (laughs) Except my wife was pregnant. Here it goes. So pretty soon, what was I after? I heard another pharmacy director was making 10. 10. God, if you can get me to 10, that's heaven. Just get me to 10. Don't laugh. You've all been in this sequence. You see, where is the line where I don't want more? Where, Where is that line? Is it cemented here? No, the line of more always moves. If I have a million, I want two. You'll never be satisfied with more. But that's our pursuit. If I can just get this and this house and this thing and whatever, I'm home free. No, there's no peace of mind. It will not satisfy you. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, said this. Then watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. More is greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now, let me show you how money finds its way into every aspect of our life. Any of you been through a relative that died and had to go to the reading of the will with your other relatives that you haven't seen for years. They all show up in the reading of the will. How many know there can be like a little problem there 
uh, at all. I want you to write this word and, and you'll understand. Those of you that ain't been there yet, oh, you just wait till you get there. Riches often divide families after death. Well, why didn't you leave that to me? How come you left that to him? You, you haven't even seen him in 12 years. That person never did it. I watched him day and night. I, I, that's very true. Back when we opened this sanctuary, we opened it on a weekend, Friday, Friday morning. I got a call from Hawaii. My brother was a special ed teacher. He dropped dead at 54. I did not healthy his whole life. I, I did the three teachings, and then I flew to Honolulu, and I did his funeral. When I got there, he had lots of friends, tremendous friends. He was a Christian, and uh, one of his good friends, his name was Henry. We spent lots of time with him before. We'd been over many times and been in his apartment, and uh, he, he was a really neat guy. Well, I, I discovered when I got there, as I did the funeral, that my brother, because that was his closest friend, left his will to this young man. So I went to the bank. Now, why would my brother do that? Well, because he was way younger than me. He never thought I would ever outlive him. Why would I need his money? I'm dead. So he gave it to this guy. I went to the bank. I had to sign papers and stuff. Guess who was there? Henry. He said, I'm just making sure everything is right. I said, no, I'm, I'm going to go and sue you for everything you have. I'm a Christian. Maybe not. <laughs> so literally, I had to have him walk in as we undid the will. Because what had happened in his heart? Greed. And I said to him, Henry, I don't care anything. I don't care what he left me. I'm not interested in it. You need to understand this morning, people are more important than money. Amen. So I left at the funeral. For the next three or four years, he'd sent me, Linda, a big box of Hawaiian chocolates, macadamia, with my money. <laughs> with my money. I'm about to get over it, but I'm working on it. <laughs> no, I learned a big lesson when I was there. Because I, you know, never experienced any of that before. You know, my, my mom and dad, uh, well, you, you pastor and nothing. Little piece of land, and I gave that away to somebody else. I mean, come on. But be careful. It can divide families in a million ways. You know, you can give so much to your kids, even while you're alive, that you ruin their life because they get lazy. Be careful. Riches are powerful, and they're very deceitful. Now, look at verse 10. For the love of money, you want to circle that in your Bible if you've never done it. That's the problem. It isn't money. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money, watch this, watch the spiritual application, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves through with many griefs. So here's the second do and don't. Don't love money, love God. You see, money is neutral. We have to have it. it it's, everything depends on my heart. These verses apply to anyone who's rich or poor. doesn't matter. There's many poor people that are very materialistic. And there's many rich people who are super generous 
and not materialistic at all. See, it goes to the core of our heart to love. Now, turn with me and and keep your finger there because we'll be right back. Let's go to the Old Testament. Thousands and thousands of years ago, go to the book of Deuteronomy. Very close to the front of your Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 8. There you are. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Let's go to chapter 8. Vieira, Sebastian, you online guys and out in the commons, cafeteria, the balcony. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Now, here's the next key I want you to write down. Here's another danger of money. So write this down. The love of money produces pride. And pride forgets God. Pride forgets God. Now remember, we started with a premise at the beginning. Everything we have and everything we are comes from God. But pride will eventually say this. Hmm, it's me. It's all mine. I did this. Careful. Now, many of you know what I'm going to talk about. But you're not doing it. Careful. Careful. Here we go. Deuteronomy 8, verse 11. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. How do I forget him? Not obeying, just listening, just knowing, but not doing. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, and you build fine homes and settle down, and your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied. Amazing blessings from God in those days. Then, look at verse 14. Then your heart will become proud. And you will forget the Lord your God. It's not that, well, I don't even think there's a God. No, no, you're just going to forget the God. There's the source of everything you're enjoying. It's his blessing on you. Who, by the way, Israel, brought you out of slavery in Egypt. Look down at verse 17. Then you may say to yourself, here's a selfie, my power And the strength of my hands have produced this wealth. Circle these last two words. For me. Now we're back to hoarding again. My wealth. I did it. I produced it. I was wise enough. I invested wisely. I'm rich for me. That's never why God gives us things. It's to use to minister to others. And myself, obviously, to enjoy it. So notice that Moses reminds these people there's a danger to our spiritual health when there's prosperity. There's a danger to that. Moses also reminds us of a principle. When I'm prosperous, I kind of forget God and how much he's blessed us. When I'm in trials or tribulations or battles... I kind of remember God. Because God help me, God help me, God help me. But if I'm very prosperous, I'm going to have a difficulty remembering how I got that way. It isn't me. It isn't my wisdom. My gifting, it's God. Many pastors have to worry about this. They have to struggle with this. Well, my gifting to teach is from me. No, my gifting to teach this morning is from God. It's not me. You, You don't ever put any part of your life against me. It's God. His blessing on me. I am humbled by it, but I understand who I am. You wouldn't want to see the real me. 
Don't look at me like that. I wouldn't want to see the real you. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Can I hear an amen out there? So, by the way, I'm preaching better than you're shouting this morning. <laughs> Come on. Come on. All right. Now, look at this. Talking about wealth affecting my spiritual life, it's huge. When God created us, Ephesians 2 says, he created us to do good things. John 15 says, uh, we're kind of connected to the, to the vine, we're branches, and we're, we're to bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit. That's what I'm going to be examined with at the end of my life. Did, did I do well with the time and the talents and the abilities that God gave me? How did I do? Well, watch what happens when the seed is planted into this individual. Look at verse Mark 4, 19. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in, choke what they just heard, the sermon they just heard, making it what? Unfruitful. See, these are people, good people, they're hearing the word, There's never anything wrong with the word, by the way. The word is God's word. It's always alive. It's powerful. But they're not doing it. They're hearers of the word. But because of deceitfulness of riches, a desire for stuff, the worries of life, the more money we have usually, the more worried we are, all kinds of stuff, it makes us totally unfruitful. Write this down. The love of money will cause spiritual decline and unfruitfulness. See, I'm going to give an account for my life. Satan knows it. So what's he do? Keep me super busy doing all kinds of maybe good things, but forgetting the primary thing, God, people, and my time. And then riches. Well, more. The line just keeps moving. The line just keeps moving. The line just keeps moving. You'll never catch up to that line. It doesn't matter whether you're a business person or own a factory or you're a pastor. You know, in the old days, I'm not sure it's true anymore, but pastors used to, oh, I got to get a bigger church and I got, because if I get a bigger church, they're going to pay me more. What kind of foolishness is that? Jesus said to his disciples, come follow me, let's go. They didn't even know where they're going to sleep the next night, but it was an exciting life. Understand that. So you want to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. I'm going to give an account of my life. I don't want to get that way. Now, look at verse 17. Here comes the third don't or do. Command those who are rich in this present world. Can I remind you that you raised your hand at the beginning of the sermon? You're rich. Command those, not a suggestion. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with, watch this, with everything for our enjoyment. I'll talk about that in a moment. Many people think, well, if I come to Christ, and I have to give money to God, I have to give money to the church, it can be a miserable life. No, it's the greatest lifestyle in all the world. See, you know it, you just don't do it, you don't get it. So here's number three. Don't trust money. Trust God. Trust is related to our security. We like to be secure or think we're secure. It's very difficult to have a lot of wealth and not trust in it. One day Jesus shocked his disciples. Look at this saying. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. You see, the Jews in those days, they thought great wealth meant blessings from God. 
But Jesus was saying, careful because riches are so powerful, you can't, you can't love them. You can't pursue them. You can't give your life to them. They're actually an obstacle to growing and walking with God. So he's saying to these people, if you have lots of wealth, you're going to trust in your wealth. They think, here's what, we, here's what we know in our world today. Wealth, secure. More wealth, more secure. Wrong. Can I say to you this morning, that's kind of the mindset of our world? You see it all over the place. Watch what Proverbs says. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich, but be wise enough to know when to quit. What is he talking about quit? You can't chase that line for your whole life. You keep chasing the line, you'll never, you'll never catch the line. The line always moves. And as it's moving, you're not satisfied anyway. He says, stop it. Stop it. Don't pursue that stuff. Nothing wrong with having it. If God blesses you, good. Don't make that an infinite. Put God first. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears. For it sprouts wings and flies away like an eagle. How many of you have had money and wealth and stuff like that and investments and they, and they flew away like a bird? Let me see your hand. Yeah. Uh, we like, oh, there's my star portfolio. Bye. Some of us had homes about seven or eight years ago, didn't we? There's no security in that. Now, I want you to get ready for an amen, all the campuses. And I don't mean one of these, amen. I mean an amen. You need to understand this morning. Paul said this, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. That's my security. The unchangeable God. Nothing will separate me from his love. The stuff that we call security is useless. I'm secure when I'm saved. Nothing can separate me from the love. Oh, let's say amen again. Come on, come on, amen. See, the world doesn't have that. The world doesn't have that. If the world understood it, we wouldn't have suicides. I'm secure. In the love of my God. Now, I'm going to give you the next four principles how to be blessed by God. Look at verse 17. Again, look at the end of verse 17. Their trust should be in God. Here we go. Who richly gives us all we need so we'll be miserable. No, for our what? Enjoyment. So here's enjoy number three. Write it down this morning. No God is a generous giver, and he loves to bless us. See, God wants to give us life. John 10, 10, he came to give us life and life abundantly. Because he's generous, he will provide whatever's necessary to help us enjoy life. In today's message, Pastor Mark discussed the importance of guarding our hearts against greed and the love for money. Using several different examples, Pastor Mark demonstrated how the love of money can quickly divide families and even cause us to stumble in our walk with the Lord. We learned that the love of money produces pride and without fail, it's our pride that excludes God from our lives. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark continues to give us several points on how to better guard our hearts from greed. We'll learn the importance of giving to others and how God uses this crucial act to further spread His kingdom on earth. In our study, Pastor Mark will teach us some fundamental basics that can help better prepare us to be able to give more generously and trust in the Lord rather than riches. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Yeah.